Welcome, welcome to the Intimacy with Lisa podcast. I am your host, Lisa, and I'm a trauma-informed mentor, but also a sex and relationship coach. And I am passionate about helping souls like you release and clear trauma so you can have deeper intimacy and deeper love. Okay, so stay tuned and buckle up and make sure you're following me on Instagram at Intimacy with Lisa. Welcome back to another episode. And today's going to be personal, but man, so juicy. And it's all about how to co-parent with a narcissist, okay? And to be honest, I'm actually drawn to speak on this after my own personal journey. And I'm a, I'm a true believer to never teach on something that I haven't gone through myself, okay? So I'm only actually ready now to speak on this and to teach on this because I had to go through my own healing around co-parenting with a narcissist and how that's actually more traumatizing, okay? And I actually needed to speak to a therapist. I needed a therapist to help me process and understand all of this. So it's only now that I'm on the other side, I am ready to actually teach other people because I'm like, well, if I struggled with it (laughs) and I know how much I've transformed through this healing journey, then obviously other people are probably struggling with the same exact thing. And what I want to start off with is co-parenting with a narcissist. There's actually no such thing. You cannot co-parent with a narcissist, which is kind of, um, most people are out there. This is what heaps of people are teaching. Put your kids first, put their needs above your own, make sure they're happy, do the right thing. You know, you're separated. So therefore do what you can be like you're stuck with them. And it's kind of like this energy of, And this is how I personally felt. Like I was stuck with this guy for life. I'm never going to get rid of him. I'm going to have to deal with the abuse. I'm going to have to deal with this shit for life and put up with it. And it was actually my partner that actually made me aware of this. And, you know, there was an incident where I was abused again by him and his partner. I ended up having to take my daughter home. She was having a temper tantrum. She was screaming. She was crying. I couldn't even acknowledge her because I was fighting back tears and I had to hide in the background, um, in the backyard when we got home because of my emotional state. And I was a firm believer of protecting her from that. And it was actually my partner that he actually triggered me in the moment. He's just like, you need to look after yourself. And I was just like, no, I can deal with this. I can put up with this. It's, you know, my daughter's all that matters. As long as she's happy. As long as she's got a relationship with her father, I can deal with it. And it was kind of like I prioritized her well-being over myself, which was actually really affecting me. And it was kind of like my partner that made me realize that that's actually not healthy. That's actually not in the best interest of anyone. And in that moment, it was a really hard conversation to have because I was just like, no, I need to be a good mum. Okay. And a good mum puts their children's needs above their own. A good mum will suck things up to make sure they put their children first. A good mum won't care about their emotional state as long as they're looking after others. And I was in this really state of prioritizing my daughter above myself. 
which actually, anyways, long story short, <laughs> led me to this therapist that um, opened my eyes up to, you know, co-parenting with a narcissist and obviously my own journey of learning and studying and understanding trauma and the effects it has on it. But it made me realize that there are so many people out there that's making you believe that you need to co-parent with a narcissist for the sake of your children, for the sake of their well-being. And that's actually not true at all. So with a, with a narcissist, you actually it's not possible to actually co-parent. And let me know if this rings true to you. You just think if you constantly tiptoe around them, try to please them, try to keep the peace, you know, try to prove to them that you're a good mom, that they'll just calm down and they'll start respecting you and treating you nicely and you know how the story goes. <laughs> well, let me tell you, what you're actually doing is staying in the relationship. And I felt like I was still in a relationship with this man like six years after we had left or ended the relationship because I was so hell-bent on co-parenting doing the right thing, being the good mother. I would forget about the trauma that I had experienced with him and just prioritize my daughter. And what that was actually doing is every single time I had to communicate or I tried to be this good (laughs) mother, I was actually opening myself up to more abuse. I was actually allowing him to continue to treat me the way he did in the relationship and I told myself that that was okay because I'm being the good mum by making sure my daughter has this really good happy healthy relationship with her father but that was actually affecting my daughter because yes she might not be aware of how I was getting treated behind closed doors and the abuse I was constantly copying even after we had left but she was picking up on my mental state and she, she was too young. She's still too young <laughs> to understand why my emotional state was changing so much. And, you know, eventually she does link that my emotional state is probably different on the days that I have to go do handover with my ex or certain communication happens, okay? And I thought I was trying to protect her. But what I'm actually doing is I was re-traumatizing myself which was actually affecting me as a person. And that actually affected then my relationship. It affects my relationship with my daughter because everything's kind of like connected. So as much as I was holding in this trauma and I was living in this trauma response all the time and the anxiety always, like even the fear of like receiving a message from him was like too overwhelming in the sense of, oh my God, what's it going to say? Is he, is he going to be in a good mood or is it a bad mood? How's he going to talk to me today? And it was kind of like this anxiety. Even at, um, you know, on the days of doing the handover, oh my God, what kind of person am I going to get today? How do I need to speak to him to make sure that this is going to be smoothie for my daughter? Like it was just, just so much energy put into this. It was so draining, which actually drained me as a mother. And my daughter wasn't getting the best of me. It was affecting me in every way possible because I thought that I was doing the right thing. Now, with a narcissist, you can't set boundaries because they don't have boundaries. It's going to trigger them. 
And the thing is, when you trigger a narcissist, that tends to turn out in in abuse. (laughs) It actually opens them up to abusing you because they're triggered. Okay, so it depends on how much you've actually healed. Are you actually able to handle the abuse again without it re-traumatizing you? Without it affecting you in some way? Okay, there is no... You know, you're not dating the person anymore. So there is no, well, if I prove to them I'm a good mom, they'll be nice. No, that's not how it works with a narcissist. With a narcissist, there is no proving. Because the more you prove that you're a good person, the more that that's going to trigger them because they're going to feel threatened. Which means, again, that's when the abuse cycle starts to happen. Okay, and... What's hard about co-parenting is because there's a child involved, when you start dating, especially someone that's healthy, that treats you so good, that is a good person, that's going to trigger them again. So if you're trying to co-parent and you've got this open communication with this person that is a narcissist or very toxic and unhealthy, guess what? They're going to feel really threatened again by this new person being around your child And again, they're going to find ways to bring you down, to make you feel like shit, to make you feel like you're a bad mum, to question everything. And it's not good for anyone. Like you deserve a beautiful family. You deserve the world. You deserve love. You deserve freedom from this relationship. You should not stay paralyzed. Okay, and that's kind of like how I feel um, narcissists are. They do kind of like trap you in, especially if you've got children with them and you want, um, you're like me and you don't want to keep your children from them. It kind of feels like you're trapped by them. You're stuck with them. Yeah, and that's kind of like their power. They want that. They want you to be able to need them, even if the relationship's over. So co-parenting with a narcissist, the step one is kind of like realizing you actually can't co-parent with this person like you would a normal healthy person, which is really hard. Like for me, I was jealous a lot of the time seeing all these beautiful people being able to co-parent in this such healthy, beautiful way for their children. And I'm like, I wanted that and I tried for years, but then I kind of realized I can't. I can't do that. Like, I need to choose me. I need to choose my family. I need to choose what I want to create. And I no longer want to be paralyzed by this person anymore. I no longer want me trying to do the right thing. Me trying to create this co-parenting life with a narcissist work out. And it was kind of like me realizing that that's not going to happen because you can never change a person. Yeah, I truly believe that all narcissists can do the healing, they can do the work, and they can um, change. However, that's up to them. That's their journey, not your journey. You know, you never know, one day, maybe in five years, ten years, things have changed and, I don't know, we could be co-parenting, okay? <laughs> um, I definitely, you know, if that happens, that happens. However, that's not on the cards at this point in time because of the current situations. So what I had to do is make a decision of, 
I choose my family, not the idea of what people have told me uh, family should look like or what people have told me what is the best interest for my daughter because that's BS. Like if anyone's telling you what's in the best interest of your child, just stop listening straight away because only you know. What's best for your child is for you to put yourself first and I struggled for years with my daughter. She was so sensitive with handover. I've had daycare when she was really young ask me, can we change the handover situation? Because certain days, you know, especially when my ex was picking her up, she would just act so funny at concerned people. There was days where she didn't even want to go to his house. You know, weekends. Like there was a lot of issues and we struggled for years and we tried all the different things to try and make my daughter as settled and as happy as she can in the current situation. And I couldn't work out, you know, what was going on. I'm like, oh, maybe this is, you know, just what it's actually like, you know, splitting up a family. And the funny thing is when I stopped trying to co-parent and I put boundaries and I'm like, that's it. And I stopped, um, I changed the whole changeover situation. I put boundaries in place. I declared what I was available for versus what I wasn't available for anymore. And I started prioritizing my own well-being above my daughter, above anyone else. I actually started witnessing my daughter thrive. She now, you know, she used to take a whole week to settle after I picked her up from her father's. Now, I'll, you know, grab her, obviously, (laughs) the day I get her back and she's fine. Like there's no settling down period. Because she's a different child based on who I'm being. And I'm no longer a prisoner to this person. I'm no longer affected. I'm no longer constantly in a trauma response every you know, second week when it comes to um, handover time. You know, It's just she's a different child. So what's best for my daughter is actually me being my happiest. Me being me me being free me being alive you know that's what's best for my daughter nothing else you know so the you know bs surrounding just put your you know children's needs above your own co-parent you suck it up no there's no sucking up there's no getting over with a narcissist there's a i need to focus on healing my trauma stage then there's the acceptance and the decision of what you actually want to call in and experience okay so i think and it's hard like until you heal some of that trauma it's hard to accept that you're never actually going to be able to um co-parent because you know maybe you grew up like i grew up with a family that stayed married you know my parents are still together so i've never actually known anyone to divorce i've never actually known um what it's like to be a split family So I had this expectation and I had to grieve my expectation of what I thought I needed to do for my daughter being a split family. Okay, so what you also need to do is you need to have boundaries. So for instance, stop the open communication in the sense of like I'll see clients who are trying to co-parent with their narcissist and they're exactly like me, they just message You can message whenever you want, that's it. And it's just like, no, there is no, you're not dating the person anymore. They have abused you. They, you know, you have trauma in your body based on the experience that you had with this person. 
that can get activated every single time you receive a message. Now, who's that good for? Okay, so there's the messaging needs to stop. And I did that mistake for years. I had messaging, even though we loosely said only message if it's directly relating our daughter, so there's no anything else. <laughs> it still opened up the channel of when he's pissed off at me, he can say whatever the hell he wants in message. Okay, so I had to stop that. And it needs to be strictly email because email is more of a official way of communicating. It's kind of a like straight to the point, this is what you need to know. There's no room for anything else. And if they do decide to abuse you in the email because they're really triggered or something, then guess what? You've got an email. You can take it to court if you need to. Or you can choose to not respond. You do not need to reply. Where with message, you're so easy. You get a message and you straight away want to respond. But nine out of ten times, you end up responding out of a trauma, out of a triggered response, which is actually just going to heighten the abuse. With emails, if you want to respond, it's a lot easier to just walk away from the email for a day or so. Even for 48 hours, even a week if you need to, to breathe and to drop into your body and to process what was in the email, to then decide, do I need to respond to this or can I just leave it as it is? See how that changes things, okay? Also, the handover, like I know the handover can be very different. So for instance, we have a setup at the moment where we use neutral grounds to do handover obviously sometimes um we will have to go to each other's houses to pick up but the boundary is there's no coming inside there's no let's hang out and chat it is strictly we have a setup time you know 5 p.m is the pickup time and we message when we are at, at the front literally just say out the front and we meet out the front that is it you're not available for anything else Okay, so co-parenting with a narcissist is very different to co-parenting with someone that is more healthy. Okay, so I just wanted to <coughs> riff on the importance of if you're trying to co-parent with a narcissist in a way that you think is right, the chances are you're actually opening yourself up to be re-traumatized over and over and over again, which actually prevents the healing to begin. It prevents you from actually having a deeper relationship with someone else. Because the more you know, the more you've got active trauma in your body, that actually ends up showing up in future relationships or even your current relationship. No matter how healthy that person is. If you constantly have active trauma, that's going to show up in your other relationships and other areas of your life. It's going to affect your physical health, your mental health, your energetic health, your spirituality. Okay, your children are going to pick up on that. It's going to, and that's why I talk a lot about it, it can, you know, really make you feel like a prisoner, these kind of um, people. So it's up to, like, you can't do the healing while constantly being re-traumatized. Okay, so maybe you need to grieve the idea of what you thought was in the best interest for your children 
and decide on what that needs to look. For me, I personally have made the decision. My daughter will always have a um, a relationship with her father. I will never interfere with that. I will never be the person to tell her what I've gone through because she's got a different relationship with him than I do. I truly believe that that's up to her to decide. She needs to be on her own journey and that's not up for me because I choose to not be a victim and I choose to take my power and I won't manipulate anyone else to believing what I have believed in the past, if that makes sense. So because I want her to have a relationship, I need to do the healing. I choose to create a family with my partner, with his children, with the baby that I'm I'm about to have. That's my family. That's my priority. So I will focus my my energy on healing myself, on my journey. I will be constantly doing my own work to be the best person I can to be this freaking turned on alive mother that I have embodied so much and I'll continue to commit to creating this deep intimacy and love with my man and creating this family life you know and he co-parents with his ex a very different way because she's not a narcissist so they can co-parent in a very different way and I'm okay with that because I care more about how I'm feeling and what I'm creating and I've seen the ripple on effect that has had to my daughter to my family and guess what it's actually even changed how much abuse I cop for my ex it's actually changed the energy and the exchange that me and my ex have with each other because I'm no longer available for certain things like I've just energetically shut it off so I don't even have to tell him anything it's like this energetic thing and I actually don't receive anything anymore because the universe is like no she's not available for that (laughs) so therefore it's actually um prevented how much I'm actually receiving from him which is a beautiful thing which has also helped us parent our child you know our daughter together in a lot more healthy way which is probably why she's so much happier she's more settled and she's thriving now okay so I know I rambled on (laughs) um if this is something you're struggling with obviously feel free to either book a session with me or send me a DM on Instagram. I'm happy to have a chat about this because it's such an important topic. But also if you do feel called to have deeper intimacy and love, either call in that love or with your current partner, obviously after trauma, um, then grab the Embodied Lover Bootcamp, which is now available, which is all about going from unhealthy love to uncaged love. And there's a lot of wisdom in there. I've done so many trainings. There's healings, activations. Um, there's even a hypnosis. There's so much gold in there. So you can grab that. I will put the details in the show notes, okay? And of course, if you have any questions, send me a DM on Instagram at Intimacy with Lisa.